Welcome back to For You and For Me, an alternative way to listen to Monsignor Karen Harrington's homilies. This Sunday's readings included a reading from a portion of Isaiah about Cyrus, anointed of the Lord, agent of Israel's liberation. We hear Paul giving thanks to the Thessalonians for their faith. And in the Gospel of Matthew, we hear of Jesus' response to the Pharisees and Herodians regarding paying taxes to the emperor. Monsignor starts out with a fascinating history lesson about Cyrus and the Herodians, putting these readings in context for us. He then goes on to be extremely disappointed in us for not listening closely to the gospel reading. Shame on us if you were there at St. Joe's last weekend. But the point is made, we must give ourselves entirely to God, since he is owed what is his. So if you remember, we've been talking about the book of Isaiah, and one of the things that we've said about the book of Isaiah is the conflict that was set up was that the Jewish people were entering into alliances with the political authorities in order to stave off an invasion from the Persians. So what we're hearing now, we're coming a lot of chapters in now into the book of Isaiah, is we're hearing about this King Cyrus. And Cyrus should be important for you and for me because he's not a Jew. This is very significant. Cyrus is not a Jew. Cyrus is a Zoroastrian. You know, we would think about the Yazidis today, probably one of those people, right? He was not a Jew. But the reason why Cyrus becomes important is because the Jews who are in captivity in Persia, he is finally saying, now we've got to rebuild the temple of Jerusalem. We're going to rebuild the temple. So think about this. The year is about 560 years before Christ was born. And he is saying, we're going to rebuild the, city, the, the temple, and the Jews who have been in exile are going to be able to go home. And what we're hearing is, is that this pagan king is an instrument of God. The pagan king is an instrument of God. Now we're going to contrast that with the Herodians who we hear of in the Gospel. And who were the Herodians? The Herodians were Jews. But they were basically the Jews who said, let's have a political accommodation with the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire, which was an occupying force. Right? So it's important for us to understand the distinction is that the Herodians are the political deal makers. Right? And the Pharisees are the purists. The ones who would say, these, these collaborators with the, with the Romans are our enemy. But both the Herodians and the Pharisees come together, even though they have differences of political opinion, they come together to conspire against Christ. So what we're supposed to know here is, is that the forces against Christ are very powerful worldly forces. Now, once we understand that, let's understand what is Jesus' argument. So what does Jesus say? What's Jesus' argument? What does he say? Who was paying attention? You didn't realize there was going to be a question. You didn't realize. What's he say? He asked them for something. What's he asked for? He doesn't ask for God. He asked for something. What does he ask for? Not food. He doesn't ask for food. The what? He says, hey, give me the coin. 
So this is the first thing that we got to realize is guy goes into his pocket, he takes out the coin. First problem, he is already a collaborator with the Roman authorities. So the guy who's trying to trap Jesus, you know what? He's profiting, he's existing, he's making his living. Everything is being done with the Romans. So immediately Jesus is telling all the people who are watching, see what a hypocrite this guy is? He's out to say that I'm gonna, he thinks he's gonna trap me, but look, he doesn't realize he's already participating with the Roman authorities because he's got the coin. Now, next thing he says is, whose image is on the coin? Can you answer that? Caesar's, very close. Caesar. Caesar's image is on the coin. And so he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Then he says something more important. He says something that I'm going to make you think. Caesar's image is on the coin, so who does it belong to? Whose image are you made in? Are you made in Caesar's image? You don't look like Julius Caesar to me. You don't... (laughs) It wasn't Julius Caesar, incidentally, at this time. <laughs> Whose image are you made in? You're made in God's image. And so what are you called to do? Give your whole life to God. Give the coin, which has Caesar's image, to Caesar, but your whole life you've got to give to God. This is really significant for us. Your whole life has to go to God. So this becomes then the setup for us in terms of how we live our life. And I would refer you then to Paul's letter. Notice is, is that I know when we talk about these things about living the Christian life, because I'm a Christian, right? I, my life is not that much different than yours. If you're sinning and failing and everything else, you'll be sure I am too, right? It's tough to be a Christian. It's tough to live as a Christian. But Jesus says to us here something which is significant. He says, I'm not just giving you words. I'm not just giving you words. But power and conviction. It's easy for us to kind of look at our faith as, I scared the baby, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's easy for us to look at our Christian words as very comforting to us. But... It's also a power and a conviction in the way in which we are called to live our life. This then, I think, is what we should guide ourselves on today. In other words, money, if you take out the dollar bill, there's a very libertine culture. You wanted to go up to the corner bar, the woodwork, and watch the game today because their FIFA is playing, you can get there at 9 o'clock and see soccer. You went to Ireland, you're not going to a bar until after the last mass is said in the town. Because they claim to be a Catholic culture. (laughs) It's a difference. For you, you could do whatever you want. But in other places, there are laws which actually are promoting religious observance. Because the idea is, is that the whole society is helping you get to heaven. So you're swimming upstream a little bit. But that's a good thing. Because the salmon that swim upstream are the strongest. And that's what you are called to do. But you've got to do it. I've got to do it. And that means that we've got to reject a little bit of the narcissism 
of our culture, which primarily represents itself in how we use our time and how we use our money, and say, I'm going to reject this, and I'm going to embrace a different way of life. I'm going to offer myself utterly and completely for the other. The Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus. The Herodians were trying to trap Jesus, but he was able to turn the whole thing on its head and show how they are actually the collaborators with the Roman authorities. They could trade in the Roman coin for their purchasing of their items and in their livelihood and everything else, and yet kind of claim to be sanctimonious. Jesus called them to a deeper radicalism of offering themselves entirely and completely to God. And that is what he's offering for you and to me today. Radical discipleship. God does not ask you to be perfect. He does not say you have to be perfect to be my disciple. If he did that, the church really would be empty. And you would not have a priest here in front of you, for sure. He does not ask you to be perfect. But he does ask you to be faithful. And he does ask you to try and follow him, to trust in the power of his word, the radical power of his word. We're coming to the end of Matthew's gospel. Shortly, Jesus is going to make the great sacrifice for us. The word, which is Jesus Christ, will manifest his power because the word will be crushed by the Romans but will rise again three days later as a reminder to you and to me of the great power of God. Don't allow yourselves, don't sell yourselves short. I'm not in Caesar's image. My coin, my possessions, my wealth, my pleasure, that's Caesar's image. You are in Christ's image. And in your pouring yourself out for others, he pours his life into you. May God bless you. Did you pay attention in Mass last week? Did you know that you can always read the readings before you listen to For You and For Me? Just check out the show notes in whatever podcast app you use. And the link is right there to the past Sunday's New American Bible readings on the USCCB website. This show is brought to you by DeSales Media Group. Ask us questions by tweeting at Monsignor H or by emailing podcast at desalesmedia.org. You can also take an ad out on the show using that very same email address. Until next week, for Monsignor Karen Harrington, I'm Dave Plisky, and these are his words to live by, for you and for me.